He's painted black. Now, Steve, there's uh, another 20 seconds to that song, but I think Mick Jagger's got enough airtime on this radio station. He can he can spare the 20 seconds. I said that to Mick the other day. Did you? I did. I said, having lunch at your local... Uh, I said, Mick, you, you want to be on Radio 3, give me the money. Exactly. <laughs> uh, Steve, how's things? Oh, fine. The weather fine. The weather has turned the for we- the better? The weather has turned. We're getting into the wet and sweaties. I tell you what, God, rugby is the game they play in heaven, and God knows the Sevens is this weekend, so he's uh, improving the weather. Well, I, I don't think you're right about that. The, the, the Sevens is a rainmaking ceremony, isn't it? <laughs> isn't that why, why it was invented? I thought that was cricket in, uh, in England, <laughs> but... Well, not, do, you, do you know what? Sport, <laughs> by the way, everyone, our sports analyst, uh, yes. Steve Vines, is, <laughs> in the, is on they're, the show. They're bringing live cricket back to British TV. Is it not usually live? No, I think I think the problem was that it was there were complaints from the pharmaceutical industry about how it was sort of depressing sales of uh, sleeping pills. So, of course, yes. So they said, no, 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 we'll bravely, we'll put it back on again. <laughs> so, you know, people throughout the nation can go to sleep. Without a pill. But that's not what we're here to talk about. No, no, we're not. What oh, are we no. here to talk about? Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, we started with money. Shall we carry on about money? Yes. Right. So, um, here's the deal. Now we hear, and the reports are trickling out by the day. I mean, first of all, we heard that the government was going to spend 640 million bucks on the anniversary celebrations for the 20th, sorry, the 20th anniversary celebrations, the Hong Kong SAR. Now we hear, oh, well, yes, but they've got to add another 50 million to house state leaders because, you know, after all, they are going to stay for two or three days. And so. they're not going to stay at Chunking Mansions. They um, have to stay somewhere a little bit nicer. That's unconfirmed, incidentally. Hmm. But you may be right. You may be right. So that means they're spending a total of 690 million bucks on this, which is, by strange coincidence, exactly 10 times the amount that was spent on the 10th anniversary celebrations. Now, you may argue, and I'm sure you will, that, well, things are 10 times better in Hong Kong than they were 10 years ago. I mean, of course. We've had C.Y. Leung as chief executive. We've had the highly successful chief executiveship of, of Donald Chung in jail, etc., etc. So those, those dark ages of 2007 perished the thought. Are long behind it's, us. It is funny, though, because, the, you know, at the 20th anniversary, you know, you get wood for your is it wood for your fifth anniversary and for your tenth you get tin you get china for your 20th anniversary hey hey you couldn't write you that you couldn't you couldn't make it up you sure you didn't make it up no uh, <laughs> you didn't right. well if it's on the internet it must be it true it must be true gosh the, what they have on that thing is unbelievable and i'm not talking no right so you've got you've got that but even that sum doesn't include remember we've heard the first announcements we heard about um added expenditure were from from the forces of law and order i.e. I, the, the, the police who said oh yes and we're going to buy more armored vehicles for the 20th anniversary celebrations and rubber longer range rubber bullets right so it doesn't include that sum but hey i suppose in the sea of massive expenditure but, you know, we're becoming somehow oblivious to these amounts because the public purse overfloweth in certain ways. It doesn't overfloweth, for example, last year, the, i.e. The, the year that just... Um, the, the last year financial year. Well, the last financial year, I was going to say, which, which ended last month. The government spent... So they've got £690 million allocated for these celebrations... They spent um, a total in the whole year 
180 million. This was for 20,000 disadvantaged people. So, you know, that's what, about a third of that sum. They spent, um, let me see, they spent 180 million, another 180 million, giving vouchers for children from very poor families. And remember, 20% of the Hong Kong population lives below the poverty line. They spent 180 million giving them vouchers so that kids from these families could go to preschools, kindergartens, whatever you want to call them. You know, they've got money. Here's what I here's where I dis- that- disagree with you. Do you? Yes. Oh, I'm I'm leaving. Okay. Well, here's the thing. These vouchers are only for the twenty percent, you know, poorest denizens of Hong Kong. Whereas everyone, a hundred percent of the population, can enjoy the handover celebrations, can't they? Excellent. This is point. more egalitarian Excellent for everyone. Excellent point. Excellent point. Um, yes. <laughs> yeah. I mean, honestly, sending children to school who are poor. I mean, that's probably a waste of money anyway, because you know they're going to carry on being poor. And, you know, we can give them a bit of education, but, hey, let's not spend too much money. But you know what was the cruelest cut of all this year, and it will come into force at the end of next month, is they had a scheme. It was called the, um, I think it's called the Happy Smiles, no, sorry, the Loving Smiles Service. This was a scheme to help mentally and physically disabled people to obtain dental services. You may say, well, that's a bit obscure. You think about it. Everybody needs dental services. But if you're severely mentally or or physically disabled, most dentists either won't treat you. And I'm talking about people in public clinics, obviously, because, you know, money money works wonders for medical treatment. But, you know, incidentally, did you know there's only 11 dental public dental clinics in the whole of Hong Kong? A city of over 7 million people. Over 7 million people. And many of them do have teeth. Many of them. Well, not that one no. down the road. But other than that, a lot of them. Are, right, yes, yeah, you're, you're right. There's a lot of, of them. There's a lot of teeth around. But, hey, we haven't got money for that sort of thing. Anyway, so there was a scheme. It was a so-called pilot project. And it exceeded all expectations. There was more take-up. There, It was within budget, despite there being more take-up. There's still a residual queue of people trying to get into the scheme. I think there's 1,800 people on that queue. And the government said, tell you what... We have other priorities. We can't be messing around with the excellent, you know, these wretched mentally and physically disabled people. You know, let them have teeth. Um, oh, what's well, that effect? But, I mean, is that... I mean, it's almost unbelievable that they will splash around money for cocktail parties and... I mean, what, do you know the cost for this pilot scheme? I... I Certainly not $690 million, No, it, it, it's, I think, in, in double-digit million figures over the life of the scheme, hmm. which has been four or five years. So not only um, have they decided to scrap the scheme... Oh, of course, they haven't decided to scrap it. Excuse me. Let me, let me go into official mode. They're looking at ways to replace it with something else, uh, not, not announced. So They're replacing it with a cocktail gala. A, a black cocktail tie. gala. Yeah. For, as you point out, everyone, although... Will everyone be invited to those champagne-filled events? They'll certainly see the photos. They will. That's true. They will. And the clinking of the glasses could be recorded for posterity on live television. Steve, now I want to, I want to say, mm. is this $690 million, which they only do every 10 years, or you know, I'm sure there'll be one on the 30th anniversary? I hope so. Yeah, on the 40th. I, I very much hope so. 
is the can the argument be made that this is an investment into something else? This is an investment into keeping the central government happy. This is an investment to show face, and it's it's they'll you know maybe you scratch our back, we'll scratch yours because we have to look like we're happy to have you. Is this could a be. different kind of investment? Could be, could be. That could well be the thinking. I mean, seriously, I assume that is the thinking. Because is, you can't do nothing. You can't do nothing. Uh, the, the argument is... You can't is, just it, open a packet of Walkers <laughs> and crack a few cans of Lilt and... Other brands are available. Other brands are available, although I don't know why they bother. <laughs> uh, no, you're right. You're right. I mean, I understand why they do it. And, and you know, even people who are cynical, that wouldn't include me, of course, would say you have to mark these events. And, uh, in fact, why not? But 60 million bucks? I mean, imagine... Apparently there's going to be some... You know, they're, they're going to have this event and that event. I know somebody who, who's a singer. Actually, this is quite... Well, I, this is sort of indirectly. It was a singer who was approached to to appear at one of these co- cocktail-y, glass-clinking-type uh, occasions. <laughs> not naming any names. No, not naming any names. Well, well she, she was told... Um, she was told they don't actually have a budget for artists. But, um, but you know, it would be the glory. It would be glorious. It would be the it? glorious. And there was some <clears throat> patriotic duty to attend. So, I mean, I don't know what they're spending money on. They're not spending the money on artists. They are spending money on champagne. Do you know what? I think it might be from France, not from... Um, oh, it's actual Bordeaux. Yeah, well, or champagne, indeed. Or indeed, indeed champagne. Yeah. I, I just want to, I just shudder to think $690 million. Imagine how many more rides you could build at Hong Kong Disneyland for that sort of money. Or you could probably build three new pavements on the bridge to nowhere that's going to Macau. Because, mm. oh, the, the price for that, incidentally, has gone up. I, I've written this down, so it must be true. Are they paying for caskets now? <laughs> Well, uh, you, you don't want, you know, it's... Uh, but, you know, the, the, the rail link, sorry, but, but which the bridge is part of, the price has gone up to... I mean, these figures are so mind-boggling, you can't get your head around it. Uh, after the latest $848 million was added by LegCo this week, the, 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 the capital cost of that has gone up to $7.13 billion. Now, I mean, uh, these are... I do want to ask about this, because there was a, a, a figure in the news uh, maybe last week or the week before where, in the past four administrations, the cost overruns of projects has been well in, you know, over $600 million. Just That's just overruns. We, we underestimated. Is this a just a Hong Kong thing? Is this... Do you see this globally? Uh, is this... Or well, is this, I mean, there's is something it, going on in Hong Kong? It is true that the, the, the people who the, use the public's money... Are way too optimistic it, with how little or, it will cost. Or, or way too dishonest when they present their original estimates. I think that may be true. I mean, the fact of the money is... The fact of the matter is, it's you, me and the listener who are actually paying for this. So, you know, it's other folks' money. So you don't need to be too careful with it. I'm sure if it came out of their own pocket, they would uh, do things on budget. I mean, you know, even in my tiny little company, when we... we do a capital project. Funny enough, we spend what we estimate to spend. Why? Because if you spend any more, it comes out of my pocket and I get very upset about it. So I don't think they have that mindset. Their mindset is there's always lots more. So we'll 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 tell the you know those suckers, aka the legislators, that we need seven, six I think the this project started out in fact at somewhere in the five billion range. In fact I'm fairly sure it did. The fact that it's got to over seven billion is is staggering. They said, yeah, well, tell them that, because, yeah, 
doesn't sound too bad. And because it'll happen over a number of it years, happen, and no one will notice. It, you'll, it's a hundred million here, and then you know there. you can say, well, you know, there's 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 un, un, unexpected, um, you know, uh, there's all sorts of unexpected things happened, and you know, um, and um, you know, who knew that the weather was going to turn cold in in January? Well, we, you know, we didn't know about that. Got to buy those welders' gloves. <laughs> the welders' gloves, and and they now, I mean, this project is absolutely ghastly. I mean, we shouldn't joke about it. I mean, ten people have died in the construction. Which is ten people too many to be dying on a construction project. Absolutely. The, the, the guys from the construction industry unions are saying now that Hong Kong workers are very reluctant to work on this project. They're calling it the death project. So you've got, I think now the majority of people working on it are, are South Asian or I think recently, the unfortunately, the the one who passed away on on the bridge recently was of, of Nigerian descent or yeah, something. It was Nigeria, so, was it? so, yeah. so these are obviously maybe some underprivileged workers or workers that don't have much choice in the matter. Well, I'm sure they're very well you paid know, by workers, by yeah. comparison with what they'd be paid in Pakistan or, or, or Nigeria, or what have you. Which is why they're doing the job. I mean, I understand the economics of this, which is, you know, jobs other people don't want to do. You can always go to another place find poor people and say, hey, you'll get twice what you'd ever earn at home. Come on over. That's, that's, why, we're, that's why we're both sitting in the chairs we're hey, sitting I in. I tell you, I tell you, well, the, the amount of... The, the, the largesse of RTHK is <laughs> beyond just, beyond as, the dreams of avarice. As you sip your McDonald's coffee. <laughs> uh, so w- what will you be doing to celebrate the handover? Well, I will... Um, <laughs> I will... Let me think what I'll not be doing. I won't be at one of the parties where they clink champagne glasses. Uh. I won't be at the very imaginative, and can, can I reveal something? I don't want to be a party pooper and spoil it. I won't be at the fireworks display, because I'm just guessing. It's a pretty, pretty daring guess that there'll be a very big fireworks display. Bigger than New Year's? Oh, bigger than... Oh, 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 oh my dear fellow, much bigger than New Year's. That happens every year. <laughs> oh, well, yes, in fact, every event there's a, fire, a fireworks display, so I think that's a... So I won't be at that, I won't be at that. What else What I won't be at... Um, I may not be at one of the seminars they're organising to discuss the success of One Country, Two Systems. Be a fairly short seminar. It will be a short seminar, but I'll probably be at one of the One Belt, One Road seminars, which are ever so more exciting. Actually, they've spent a lot of money on One Belt, One Road. That's also, um, gosh, that's also um, uh, racking up the old um, the old taxpayers' dollars. But hey, other folks' money. So I don't know. What what can I do? We'll have a day off. Will we? Yes. Oh, yes. Yes. Well, we'll have a day off. It's uh, every every um, July 1st. Oh, sorry, June. Yes, July 1st. Yes, but often radio DJs still have to work. <laughs> ah, yes. Well, <laughs> we don't care about the underclass. No, no, we don't care about the peasantry. <laughs> no, the peasantry, they should be working. So, I mean, all in all, it, it, will be, it will be a great day. And I like the idea that none of our national leaders will be living in t- total squalor because... They'll be here for one or two days, 50 million bucks will be spent on their accommodation, and maybe that may include the laundry bills. I'm not sure about that. We'll need to check that. It may include telephone calls as well. Will it include minibar? Don't know. Is that right? Perhaps the only one, but it's certainly my (laughs) favourite. There's a lot of them around, I'm told, particularly in the Sudan. Southern areas. Yeah, Sincane, new name. Uh, Mr Vines. Yes. You are a man of... of, You're a, a... Gastronome? Gastronome? Um, I do eat, yes. You do eat. You've <laughs> yes. been known. It's uh, been known, yes. A culinary connoisseur. One of them. Something like that. Is yeah. that my phone? Yeah. Or yeah. your phone. 
Um, I don't know. It should stop. Certainly not my phone. Right. It could be. Um, I'll. I'll. Um, I'll. Uh, I'll do something decisive. Hang smash on. it. Just smash the phone. Right. Um, hang on. Sorry about that. We're talking about food. Yes, we are. Uh, and in your experience, sometimes you can get salmonella poisoning. You can. You can. I think that explains Mr. Whelan's absence this very day. It certainly does. And uh, Brazil has had a case of that recently. Yeah. Uh, some people just, you know, knocking about on the job, not quite inspecting meat when they should be. Well, I think they were. They were just paid not to. Oh, really? Yeah, no, it's a big scandal. So, should we, should we start at the top and sort of work our way down? Yes. Yeah, OK. So, Brazil... Did you know... I don't know if the listener knows this. Apparently they have corruption in Brazil. Mm. Uh, well, has that been proven? No, that's true. And, it's not like uh, a president's ever been but, impeached but, or anything. But you did hear it here first. There, apparently there is corruption in Brazil. Brazil has the world's... Either one of the largest or the largest meat exporting industry. So apparently what's been going on is um, some of the chaps in the meat exporting trade, which, of course, like anywhere else in the world, it's regulated. When an inspector comes around, they say, I tell you what... Don't bother to go around and look at the plant. Have this handful of, of folding notes and I think we'll they, consider they, it to be inspected. They say it more nicely than they say, oh, I just checked it out and it was very, very clean. So there's really, you don't want to no waste need. your time. Yeah, yeah, have a Here, cup of tea. Let me, let me pay for your cab fare yes. on the way home. Uh, how much are cabs these days? $10,000 US? Yep, you, all right. You've got so much experience with this. It's extraordinary. Uh, That's apparently somehow some... so. There are six companies involved with this. Very, I mean, they're massive Huge companies. Huge companies, massive. yeah. So it's not just in Hong Kong. Many places around the world, once news of this got around the globe... I mean, uh, UK, Australia, US, all yeah. stopped imports from, yeah. from Brazil, yeah. So then... But here's, here's, the, here's the slight problem, and I speak as somebody in the catering trade. We previously imported, I think... We didn't personally import it, but we use something like 80 percent of our meat comes from brazil which is a huge which is a huge amount why is that because it's cheaper and it's actually better quality than the meat you get from the mainland but is it cheaper for a reason (laughs) well you may you may well argue that um to be honest i've never really come across bad meat from brazil it's entirely possible Uh, i'm sure in fact there is such a thing but the thing is so the government says Oh, very worrying. Oh, we must stop imports. Oh, blah, blah, blah. Then they say, well, actually, coming to think of it, it's only six companies. There's lots of other Brazilian companies that, you know, aren't involved in this scandal. So we, as, you know, humble caterers, go up to the food, environmental, hygiene and waste your time department and say, oh, do you mind? Could you just tell us who the six companies are? Apparently there's 17 plants and six companies involved. So we can go to our suppliers and say, uh, can you certify that you're not getting your meat from these companies? And they go, well, you've said there's six companies, who are they? Oh, well, you you know, we're waiting to hear from the Brazilian government, but how do you know it's six companies and you you haven't somehow managed to find out who they are? So we're in this this kind of ridiculous situation. We've actually had to stop using this meat the Chinese suppliers saw Christmas coming early. They've doubled, and I'm not exaggerating, they've doubled their prices. So there's certain meat <clears throat> items that we've had to withdraw from the menu altogether because you know, the food cost has gone through, through the floor, or rather through the ceiling. You, can't, you just can't get good bison anymore. Yeah, I'll tell you what, I'll tell you what. And as for those um, stuff they put in it, 
So all in all, it's a it's it's a complete shambles, and it doesn't need to be. Why they don't publish the lists of the names of the companies and the plants affected, I have no idea. So there was um, a, a request in Legco to have an emergency question on this, and guess what? President Legco said, "Oh, I don't know, no, no, I don't see any urgency in that." The person who is supposed to be representing the catering industry in Legco, who should remain nameless, Tommy Joan, said. Oh, that's right. Nothing. I mean, when you when you represent a rotten borough, you don't actually do anything to represent that industry whatsoever. I want to ask about the stigma about yeah. Brazilian meat. Uh, I have family members terrified now of Brazilian meat. Is that right? Uh, won't buy if they see because as soon as they see the news story, they just see the headline. Look, some Brazilian meat has salmonella in it. You don't need to. I mean, that just, yeah. it becomes it becomes a, a storm, a media furor. <laughs> Uh, is this a thing where Chinese, the Chinese market, Hong Kong market, is just going to be put off by Brazilian meat now? You think? Well, I think so. I mean, for that, a lot, for a while to come, you know. That that that. I mean, that is entirely possible. But you, you remember with chicken flu? I mean, everybody said, "Oh, we're never going to have a live chicken again." And look around the markets, yeah. and they're full of them. I mean, these things come and go. But but the whole thing about meat with problems is, honestly, anybody who's a half decent or half awake cook. Can look at a piece of meat and tell you whether there's something wrong with it. This, this, the contamination is actually visible, and there's such a thing as smell. It's just a bit of poo on the on, well, the, on, the, on the, know, the chicken fillet. You know, a red a red pork chop that that's looking a bit grey. You could say, I tell you what, I don't think that's that's quite right. And then also, is this indicative of a problem that Hong Kong might have? As and we talked about it on Bat Chat this morning. If you want to listen to Bat Chat, head to the archive at radio3.rthk.hk. Click on the Bat Chat link. Uh, where we were talking about, they were talking about Hong Kong essentially being a city state that needs to import everything yeah. it eats. Yeah, we have no so agriculture, this, so there is no agriculture. So we are, as you said, Chinese suppliers doubling their their prices. We are essentially held hostage to if something goes wrong in Brazilian meat chain or wherever we yeah. buy our wheat or, or rice or whatever, we're in trouble. But what's really frustrating about this is it is you know there is a solution. I find out exactly what the problem is. It's not the whole of Brazil. Is selling crop meat. You know, there's plenty of supplies coming out of Brazil that are perfectly all right. Why not just say, look, don't buy meat from these companies. We're not going to import them. And they 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 claim that they know who the companies are. They're not telling us that. I find just almost impossible to believe. They can't trust you with that information, Steve. I know. I know. It's I not know. safe. It's not safe. Gosh, people might... And, and, and worse, if people get hold of this information, they may use it. Now, would this be a, a situation where the companies over in Brazil are pressuring the government to not release who, who the names are? Possibly. I don't know that. Because I, that's not great PR for your it, meat company. If I, was, if I was Mr. Brazilian government, and I know they have a couple of problems there... I think I would. It's one of their biggest industries, bar none other. You probably wouldn't tell. You, well, no, I think I'd, I'd get it sorted. I would say, look, these are the rogue companies. Everyone else is fine. Everyone else. That's what I would do. Um, I'm staggered they don't do it. But, you know, I mean, the, the new president of Brazil is involved in all these deep doo doo, you know, investigations. The other president of Brazil was chucked out of office. So, I mean, maybe it's not functioning like the, the smooth, clean machine that we, we always associate Certainly with. Certainly not government. clean. Certainly <laughs> not clean. I mean, the state of these abattoirs. I mean, it is interesting. When I when I tell people how much meat in Hong Kong comes from Brazil... 80%, go, yeah. Easily. 
easily. I mean, particularly at the lower end of the food train. I mean, you know, most like, most of I that mean, wagyu beef you're eating, it's all from yeah, South Holland. Well, but you know, I mean, I'm basically involved in the fast food industry, and that and that industry has been using Brazilian meat because, in fact, to be fair, it's actually quite good stuff. Now, you you claimed. I don't, I, I, don't want, I don't want to be telling tales out of school here, but you claimed better than the, the stuff you get from the mainland. Uh, oh, yeah, definitely. Better and cheaper. I mean, it was a kind of no-brainer. Do, do you use the more expensive and worse, or do you use the better and cheaper? Oh, gosh, I need to think about that for three seconds. So now we are, we are madly sourcing meat from Chinese suppliers. I mean, there's nothing actually wrong with it but you know it could be a bit better frankly and what do you see on the horizon here is this going to get sorted anytime I think soon it will or get sorted but you know it, it it will get sorted after a completely unnecessary mess that's what i find staggering that they can't just get their act together and say look here's the problem deal with that this isn't a problem get on with it i, I actually don't think it's that complicated but hey what do i know i'm not you know i don't live, live in the civil service I haven't got a pen to push. Here's the thing, Steve. If everything got done smoothly, we wouldn't be able to have you on the show. Yeah, so that's swings true. up, you know, silver lining. At least and, we can have and, you on for a and, for a chat. And Hong Kong's biggest employer would take a hit because you know, if if things really worked efficiently in the civil service, you may not need so many of them. But so, sorry, we're not going to talk about that. Uh, I didn't say that. Shall so, we? Shall we move? Shall we move on quickly? Well, but, 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 but let's not let's not move entirely away from the government. Because we're now hearing more and more about this mysterious woman, Sophia Cao, who, who, who rose to, well, I was going to say rose to fame, but she didn't quite rise to fame. She just rose um, during the election campaign of C.Y. Leung as one of his aides. She wears a lot of lipstick, incidentally. I don't know what that's all about, but I just did notice that the other day. Um, and she apparently, she now sits in the Central Policy Unit the Central Policy Unit, as I understand it, was supposed to be a forward-looking body developing great ideas for implementation. Like dentistry for special needs people. That's not a great idea. No. We're scrapping that scheme. Because every time, every time they go to the dentist, they use public money. <laughs> We're not having any of that. So that great idea, we've done away with, thank goodness. We haven't done away with it. We're replacing it with, with something, something better. better and yeah. uh, cheaper. Because, hey... We got a lot of money allocated for these festivities for the twentieth anniversary. Can't be throwing money around on anything else. So anyway, the, the the idea, and I remember when it was first started, which was which was actually in in the dark colonial era. I, I don't know if anybody remembers that. It was when we were living under oppression. I wasn't alive at the time. You, you almost certainly weren't. Um, but during the dark colonial era and and oppression, it was started up. Um, and we were told, ah, yes, the Central Policy Unit is going to make um, connected government and it's going to be visionary and blah, blah. Well, under C.Y. Leung, he's got a trustee running the, the Central Policy Unit. He's got uh, Ms. Cow in there. And apparently one of her main jobs, and it must take up an awful lot of time, is she was vetting all the appointments to statutory bodies, or some of them aren't statutory, but they're public bodies anyway. So, you know, if you want to be, say, on the uh, um, hospital authority, or you, you know, I mean, ostensibly these aren't political bodies. A lot of them are highly specialist, you know, like sports council, blah, blah, blah. But you have to go under the under her, um, what's that, whatever it's called, vetting, I suppose vetting is a, a reasonable word, 
are these people politically sound? Can we... I mean, it's, it's a, it's, essentially it's, a background it's, check of... It's a background check. You, it, it's not, you know, have they got their hands in, in, in you know, sticky pockets? Because if you did that, gosh... You should go to the dry cleaners. <laughs> um, but this, is, this would be common... In most political places, wouldn't it? No, not vetting. I, well, I, not for that. Not, not, not for, not for, for loyalty to the boss, sort of thing. Well, because, how do you know it's for loyalty for the to the boss? Well, we don't. It's 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 tittle tattle and hearsay. But you look at who's appointed to these bodies. I mean, they're supposed to be advisory bodies, so a lot of them are quite technical. You know, they they really. You'd be demand hard, a, 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 as, head, a head screwed onto proper shoulders, yeah, and maybe maybe some knowledge of the subject. I know, silly idea, but there is a thought that if you have a specialist body, you might want to put specialists on it. So this is ad- administration. This for the current administration, Miss Cow. Yeah. So she's Look, been vetting literally hundreds and hundreds of proposed appointments. Looking forward to our, our next chief executive. Our next chief executive. Is this something that will continue with, with Miss Cow or perhaps someone well, new? Well, um, Carrie Lamb has said that she's not going to continue that system. I, I, I hope that's the case. Mind you, she said a lot of things and then said, when I said not, I didn't mean, I don't know how you imp- interpreted not as being not. Um, I'm still trying to work that out. I'm not very educated, so I don't understand that. But uh, she has actually said that uh, this doesn't look too good. And, you know, what is the result of all these advisory bodies? Is they're stuffed full of more or less the same people. If you look at... I always love... I've, I, it, it's a bad habit, and it shows I have a sad life. But I, every now and again, I sort, sort of look at these lists of these advisory bodies, and you'll find that, you know, Person X is on about, you know, 10 or more of them. And you think, gosh, they've got an immense amount of expertise to be able to range so widely through these specialist areas... And then it said, oh, no, but they represent the public. They're very wise people. And they have a little flag in their pocket. A new story came out a couple of weeks ago. Right here, we broke it on RTHK, I'm sure. Uh, where, Therefore, must be true. Where there were comments uh, by a lot of uh, by people around, around Carrie Lamb's election time, where she was looking to, to form you know, her, 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 her administration, that there is a very small amount of political talent in Hong Kong. That was the term. A very small pool of political talent. Uh, seems like there's a legislator on every corner for me. Are they saying, when they say that, there's a small pool of political talent that we're actually willing to appoint? And there's a very small pool of correct political talent. I remember Hong Kong actually has a system where, in law, if you're a member of a political party, you're not allowed to be in the government. This is, this is in, the, um, in the basic law. You have to be more neutral than Swiss cheese. So, you know, in most systems, how do you nurture political talent? You nurture it through political parties. You become a leader or you become a, a mayor or, or, or whatever. And then you renounce. No, no, you don't. That's the whole point. In other systems, you stay with your party. No, well, no. And, I'm saying... and, and you go for an election. You say, look, you know, I was mayor of, you know, Blogsville. And Great little town. It, Blogsville is a fantastic place. No one should say anything bad about it. But, you know, I'm now ready to be um, the senator of Blog State. And they say, well, yeah, yeah, you know, that bloke knows what he's doing. He's a member of the... Um, uh, Blog you know, City the Council. Blog yeah. City Council, the Carrot Head uh, People's Party, whatever they call it. And, you know, we like Lefties, the Carrot Head uh, People's Party, uh, etc. But here... You're, you're, you're allowed to be members of political parties, although, incidentally, people keep forgetting this. Do you know there is no such thing as a legal political party in Hong Kong? 
they have to register as 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 organizations you know so political parties register alongside the veterinary association for example because we don't want politics and then they go god why aren't we nurturing political talent we actually have laws against it but why aren't we nurturing it why aren't people coming up through the system well a it's thankless b it's 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 blocked by legislation at every corner and see if you want people to serve in the government remember all the people at the most senior levels of the hong kong administration can only go there once they've had the approval from beijing and i may be completely wrong about this but i don't think beijing is showing a lot of tolerance of having people in top positions who are anything other than yes people so what you see, end up saying, is what you're saying, is a very incestuous uh, cross-contamination of people in the same position. Tiny circles. Tiny circles. Yeah, exactly. What's the solution, Steve? Uh, the solution is the obvious one. Do what works everywhere else. Open up the system. Have elections. I, I know, I know it's, it's stupid, but... No, uh, I think Xi Jinping listens to this show, so he'll, he'll he, take that into consideration. He, he is the listener. Hmm. He's our number one listener, I'm told. Well, he requested not, Foo Fighters before, but I didn't play not, it. Not, so. not today, because he's busy flying off to the States. But on other days, he's, he's the listener. Excellent, mate. I happen Excellent. to know that. You happen to know it for a fact. <laughs> uh, anything else? What's on, anything else on your mind? Well, I was going to say... Um, I, I was going <laughs> In fact, I was going to um, just say... I, I, I'm kind of thinking that... Um, <laughs> you know... Um, well, we talked about this at the beginning of the program. You know, it's the Sevens now. I, I'm it is. certainly the only Guaylo in Hong Kong who's never been to the Sevens. Ever. Ever. And I'm, I'm quite proud of that. But what, what I like about the Sevens get your is um, no bureaucrat thought it up. It was never... It, was, it, 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 it grew organically. I mean, it was a funny little rugby... I mean, come on. How many people in Hong Kong were actually interested in rugby? There's quite a lot of people interested in drinking, which I think may be vaguely connected with this event. But I mean, what I like about it is it just shows it's put Hong Kong on the international rugby map without any kind of official support whatsoever. I mean, I think to this day it still doesn't get any, unless I'm wrong. I don't know the details of how it operates, but the rugby union, as far as I know, just does it and they get various people to come and sponsor it. And, you know, you compare that with all these enormous government schemes, you know, these stupid schemes that, you know, they, they, they set up Cyberport. They say, oh, now we've got a technology industry. And people go, oh, that looks like a private housing development to me. They go, no, 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 it's a high-tech hub. So you think of these absolute squillions that have been poured into all these other things, and they don't work. It is funny, because I remember last year we were at the Sevens, I think it was last year, and I think it was Carrie Lam, our very own Noreen Mir, got an interview with her. Oh, yeah. She was at the Sevens. Gosh. The same way John Sung will go to a Rexo fight or something, you know, show you're one of the people. Well, was Carrie there with a with a, with a Oh, she was, there, she was there with six pints of Carlsberg, she was just slamming <laughs> her back. Uh, no, she's not Australian. Um, but she, And then Noreen asked her, I remember her asking, uh, are you a big fan of rugby, Carrie? She said, no, not really. <laughs> Why were, why were you there, Carrie? She's, why were you there? What, what did she say as a matter of interest? I'll f I, I will find the clip for you and I'll it, send it, it to it you. It wasn't that memorable. Yeah, no, well, she just said, I'm not really a big fan of rugby, but uh, <laughs> I just came to enjoy the atmosphere. A actually, I mean, in that Enjoy sense, the roar of the people, which in, she is accustomed to whenever she walks uh, into a room. Wherever she goes. But, I mean, in that sense, she is with, with the majority of the crowd. I don't think that's a solidly rugby crowd. Just guessing. 
I think some of them may be there for other reasons. She's one of the people. She's one of the people. Steve, thanks so much for coming in. It's a pleasure. I appreciate it. Now, I've chosen a song to see us off to relate to the earlier story of the meat scandal. It's Meatloaf. Remember him? Oh, God. Who doesn't remember him? We'll be back with more Morning Brew after this.